him down to talk to him. Missed him Pete. Miffed him Pete. That's a way of saying like you're angry or you're mad. Don't be missed and peeved. Miffed. Don't be miffed and peeved. I don't use it, but it's a real one. It's a real one. I don't use it. Not in your vocab? Down to dog. Yes. This is Stephen Adams. Don't be miffed and peeved. No, you can't be miffed and peeved. Sorry. This is Stephen Adams. You can't be miffed and peeved because you're listening to Down to Dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. This is your host, Andrew Schlecht. We are part of CLNS Media, dailythunder.com, and we're featured on Dash Radio Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 5 o'clock Central Time. With me today, I've got my good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? Oh, man. Uh, here's what's up. There's growing belief, quote unquote, that Paul George is going to stay in Oklahoma City. Wow. Breaking news. Tweeted by Kurt Heelan of uh, NBC Sports. It turns out that the, uh, the tweet that he sent out said that there's that growing belief, but it also turns out that it's a little bit of clickbait because the growing belief, because here's the quote, it's from Mark Stein uh, in his New York Times article, if you guys haven't read it. There's a growing belief around the league that Oklahoma City has a far better chance to retain the free agent to be Paul George than many believed when the Thunder crashed out of the first round of the playoffs. As George prepares to field the Lakers' long-anticipated interest, his willingness to post an Instagram picture of himself last month from a hospital bed after undergoing arthroscopic surgery on his left knee has helped fuel the notion that some corners, in some corners, that he's in no rush to leave OKC. There's about as many qualifiers as you could count in that. Um, but it's not, it's a, it's a pretty good thing, right? Oh, it's not bad. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely not bad. But you do wonder, like, if this was just one random executive from a team mm-hmm. that said it to Mark Stein, because like the thing about the Instagram picture, I don't, I don't really see the connection there. <laughs> yeah, but I like whatever. But the idea that the the Kurt guy would just make up this this headline that really says a lot more than Mark Stein says. <laughs> I mean, when I first saw the headline, I was like, oh, oh, this is great. I'm going to go read this. Have a great day. <laughs> and then, and then you read it and it's just like, yeah, I kind of knew that. Yeah. <laughs> that's, kind of, that's kind of what we've been saying. Right. And honestly, like if you wanted to put out a good article that would make you feel good about Paul George saying, okay, see, just go read the, um, his last quotes, basically the, the last quotes that he said about his free agency and you would feel good about it. But I, it's, I don't know if it's like we're so jaded because of Kevin Durant and the years of praise that he gave us. And then he left. Um, and now he's just acting like a big weirdo all the time. I don't know. I don't know if we should feel that way because of Durant or if we just shouldn't trust Paul George. I have no idea. I think this whole process is going to be really interesting because uh, no one would be surprised if he left. And, but also, I don't think people would be super surprised if he stayed, at least Thunder fans that follow every word that he said either because his quotes, it sounds like he wants to stay. So it's just really, it's, it's a very confusing time, to be honest. <laughs> and man, I was listening to uh, 
Bill Simmons, and he was talking about how LeBron should extend his free agency into August. Oh my I, was gosh. Just, I was like, please, no. This is why I've cleansed myself of Bill Simmons so I don't have to hear things like that. <laughs> but, but what if LeBron did do that? It would be awful. It would be so bad. Uh, <laughs> into August. Can you imagine? Because I guess he's filming like a he's filming a documentary about yeah. his free agency, and I don't know like how you pay that off. Like I don't know if you you stream the documentary live and then he tells you at the end where he's going, but uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be so crazy because we're all gonna be so excited for July first, and then it's gonna be like July twelfth, and we're just having the same conversations. <laughs> So he's filming a documentary. I mean, he, the documentary has to be released later, right? I, I guess unless he does this thing where like at the end it cuts to a live shot of him wherever he's going, you at know, the boys and girls club. Oh yeah. That'd be a good, that'd be a real good flashback. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. See, I can't handle that. But something that I can handle is this warriors parade. Uh, because there were so many awkward moments. Do you want to you want to set the stage for us on this first just so awkward, the most awkward interaction between Bob Myers and Kevin Durant? Yeah, so it, it happened in the context of a, a guy who was Bob Fitzgerald. He's their team play-by-play man. He was doing like an interview, a live interview in front of the crowd with all the team and Steve Kerr and Bob Myers. And so it starts out with him saying, I'm going to stand in front of KD before his warrior exit. I want to enjoy as much time as possible with him. <laughs> uh, which is a weird thing to say. And he's Kevin Durant. Like this whole time is just like shaking his head. Just like, what, why are you, why is this happening? Yeah. Cause like the only thing I could think of is like, if it's an inside joke in the warriors that like, everyone seems to be talking about Kevin Durant maybe leaving at some point. Yeah. And, and it's just become like a joke among the team, but it's still weird. And uh, it says here that Curry who signed a five year, 205 million deal last summer could be seen shaking his head. Um, so then this guy Fitzgerald, he was kidding. He was kidding with Myers. He said, uh, you know, Myers had said that Durant uh, could have any contract he so desires Myers said with a smile, yeah, that was just for the media. He can't have anything like that at all, which <laughs> which is just a joke. And then Warriors coach Steve Kerr deadpanned mid-level. Huh, another classic Steve Kerr joke. <laughs> but then Fitzgerald just kept going. He said, last year you told Steph he could have any contract he wants too. So, And then Bob Myers said, yeah, that was different. He's been here from the way before days. He's earned it. <laughs> 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 and it's i mean it's it's just one of those things like it's it's funny because it's true kind of thing and it's just kind of uh it's just it's just awesome it's just so great it's just so awkward because like you can tell that they're like laughing and like trying to joke about it but there's like some serious tension on the stage as well like throughout yeah, all of that it's weird because we always talk about like the golden state bubble that yeah. they've created around Kevin Durant. And uh, this is not an example of that bubble. <laughs> no. 
they're just roasting him in front of everyone after he did. He was like the best player on their team the last two years. Right. And it's just almost like, yeah, we know we didn't really need you. <laughs> we have you anyways. And it's just so it's, I don't know. It's just this so is like the old, this is the only time when I would stand up for Durant. Cause like if I was him in that situation, I like come to this team. I'm the best player on this team. Two straight years win finals MVP back to back. And to just like diss be in front of everyone. I just, it would, it would make me very miffed and peeved. Oh, so mad. And also who says since the way before days, <laughs> yeah, he, I'm, I'm hoping he was just drunk and Bob Myers was just, just chatting. <laughs> He's gotta be, he's gotta be chatting so hard. But um, it, it was, it was not like, it was not comfortable at all. Like you could hear it in the crowd too. Mm-hmm. It's just like all this really nervous laughter. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And also the news, I don't know how much this is news, but Draymond Green says that he hopes he qualifies for the Supermax for next summer. Good luck. Which is wonderful. It's possible. Like if he wins Defensive Player of the Year next year, he'll qualify. Yeah, sure. But do you really think they'd give him a Supermax? He would be, I think he'd be 29. maybe Maybe they would not give it to him, but I think that there would be disputes. Let's start with that. Yeah. I think... Um, you know, it's either going to be Kevin Durant leaving, or I think that a contract dispute with Draymond Green could start to fracture this a little bit. Um, just because he's going to say, like, you know, you can't do what you do without me, and I've made this defense and I've made this team what it is, and you know, I took less last time, and you need to pay me what I'm worth now, and the league shows what I'm worth, and that's a super max. And you know, so. I was I was listening to uh, OKC Dream Team yesterday, and you guys were talking about Draymond, mm-hmm. and I started wondering: Is the move for Golden State to like look to trade him this summer? Hmm. Because do you really want to give like a thirty-year-old Draymond Green a, a max contract for five years? It's it's a huge problem that they're going to have on their hands soon. Because he's he's the the classic guy too that doesn't play late into his career because he and he's really already relies dropped on his, off a right. little this year. Yeah, he relies on his athleticism. He is a super quick big guy, but if he loses a step, he's not that switchy guy anymore. Right. And he's not like a, a great shooter. He's clearly a very skilled player as far as like a passer, playmaker kind of guy. But He's not, I, I don't know. I don't know what he looks like late in his career because what he, his true value is on the defensive end and, and as a offensive playmaker. And if, but if he loses a step, it's interesting. And if you have him on a max contract when he loses that step, I don't know. Things, things are not going to be incredibly rosy the whole way through for this Warriors team. They've already won a ton of titles. That's awesome. But I just think that they're going to have some bumps in the road coming. It may not be with Clay Thompson, but I mean, would it shock you if Draymond Green held out for the Supermax, you know, with them? Like, it would not shock me at all. No, not at all. And that's why I think if there was a deal available that made sense, like, I don't think they're going to go out of their way to trade him. Yeah. 
Um, but if something came up where they could replace him with some younger players when he still has some value around the league, I, I, I think they'd have to think about it. They're light years ahead, so they should have already done it. <laughs> but yeah, that his next contract is a concerning one. Clay's not at all. Like pay pay him whatever. If Clay qualified for the Supermax, pay him. Because right. he's he's gonna be I mean, he's a number one or number two guy on most any team in the NBA. Draymond is just he's different. I don't even know, like, what would you trade Draymond Green? Like, what would you even get back? And who I don't know. And who would it's take hard. him? Because it would have to be a very much a a fit thing where I already we already have our roster ready to go and he's kind of the finishing touch because he's not he's not your number one or even number two guy. How about the Milwaukee Bucks? Pair him with Giannis and Chris Middleton? Yeah. I don't know what they would give back. But. I was going to say, <laughs> what are they going to give back? Hey, you want John Henson? John Henson and uh, <laughs> Della Vadova? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Washington? Yeah, yeah I that, thought about Washington, but... Again, don't know what they're giving back, but... They just give him Bradley Beal, and then they just have all the shooting. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. But they, they would definitely want a defensive you know, big man back. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they need to replace that aspect of Draymond's game in which case they probably just keep them. But I think they I will. Do. I think it's just too hard to replace it unless you feel like you can get an Anthony Davis or somebody like that. Like I just don't right. see, I don't see, I think you just kind of have to hold on. And I mean, he is definitely a massive part of what they do. And I just don't, I don't know that he's replaceable for them, but I also think he's going to cause problems for them which is good for the rest of the league i think that they could they could stand to have some actual problems we just have to patiently wait just patiently wait out for (laughs) for this next season to end and we should be good um but the the kevin durant thing you know a lot of people have been talking lately about how durant's this very strange superstar and that he doesn't really have an obvious fan base yeah like there's, he just doesn't have a huge Here's, fan base. Okay, I've online. heard people say this. He does. We're Who all here. We're we're in Oklahoma City. Uh-oh. He okay. he betrayed his fan base. I'm tired of people saying this. Like people are like, well, there's not really any Kevin Durant stands out there. It's because they're all in Oklahoma City. <laughs> and he betrayed his fan base. That's why he doesn't have any fans right now. Like he doesn't have any like true like you go online and you have like the Kobe stands you have the MJ guys you have the LeBron guys you have and Westbrook Westbrook Kevin Durant doesn't have those because he joined a team where it's not even really his team and so and he left the, I mean if he would have stayed in Oklahoma City there would be a clear voice of that going on right now like if he he hadn't won a title or whatever there would be blog posts and reddit posts all over the place about how great he is still but he betrayed that fan base and that's why you know he was here for a long time and everybody you know here would have been we would have been that you know yeah i i know more uh i know more Dion waiters stands yeah kd stands (laughs) right and also like kevin durant like i mean he he gets drunk and goes on the Bill Simmons podcast. He is, you know, t- 
tweeting from burner accounts and burner Instagram accounts. And it's just like, okay, I, how, how am I supposed to defend? <laughs> I'm supposed to defend those things. Um, and also the, the fan base that he had built world, worldwide, he betrayed. And not only that, like everybody knows that the move that he made to go to golden state was super weak and like nobody, like, I don't know how you defend that either. Except for people like, well, he's really earned the right to do that. Well, we've all earned the right as humans to call it a weak move, even though, yes, he earned the right to do that through NBA free agency. Um, but we all have a voice and we all know what that move was. We have the right to to think and say what it was as well. So, uh, and, the, yeah. and the reason I bring that up is because, you know, as warriors haters as we are mm-hmm. um I, I think it's fun to like create these narratives in our head that there's like this internal like uh, trouble going on with the warriors but really we're just like making it up in our head but then yesterday with this bob myers thing it was like the first time where it's like oh this is weird like even among the warriors like they definitely right. talk think and talk about this stuff and you know kevin durant might be like the first superstar without a team like he's on yeah. this team, but he's not really a part of it. Yeah, he he won the Finals MVP two years in a row, but he's like far from the favorite player in his city. Like, can right, you, he might be fourth or fifth. Yeah, can you think of another guy like that? Because like the guys that have won Finals MVP in the past, you know, Tim the Tim Duncan's, even the Ka- Kawhi Leonard won one. He's he has a weird situation, but whenever things weren't weird, he was a easily a fan favorite there you know Shaquille O'Neal Kobe Bryant I mean Michael Jordan all these guys like yeah like easily those are their teams Dwayne Wade like those are those are their teams and then like you get to Kevin Durant it's like well he was the best guy but you know it's really still Steph's team or you know it's really more Steph and Draymond's team and Clay's team than it is Kevin's team and it is it's it's a one of the strangest situations in nba history and i find it i find it even stranger when like national guys don't acknowledge that and they don't and they act like oh, you know he he did the right thing he did the right thing for his career blah 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 and it's just like you know he did the right thing to win the most titles yes he easily did that no but, like, but he doesn't his, care about rings he doesn't care about rings. yeah <laughs> right <laughs> for his image in his career it's kind of crazy i don't want to do this but i would enjoy reading a an article in defense of rings because i feel like rings have been uh have been shot down recently you know fans are starting to get blamed for kevin durant's move people i hear people saying oh no it's your fans fault it's all you guys fault you care about rings so much (laughs) and so these guys felt all this pressure to go get rings i would love to read a smart person not me not me (laughs) write an article in defense of rings because i actually I, I care about rings. I care about who wins championships and I actually care about it a lot. Yeah. And I don't know if, I don't know if that makes me a dumb fan, but it's it, very important to the history of the game. And while I totally get the argument that like Charles Barkley was still a great player, like he's still a great player. Yes, I agree. He did a lot for the game. I still think it's significant that he did not get a ring. I think it's significant that the jazz didn't get a ring. Yes. You have to put it into context, but the rings are still important to me um, because they 
you know, like that, that quote for, or the tweet from Sam Hinkie, where it's like, you can track the through line of the last 40 years of the NBA with these like eight names or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think that's cool. Like, I think that's something that's unique about NBA history and the rings. And so I really do care about who's winning championships. And while yes, we've had dynasties in the past and the warriors are just the next in that long line. It does feel cheapened to me right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I, so I, I go back and forth cause you know, they, 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 the NBA has had a bunch of these dynasties. The warriors are just another one of those, but it does feel different to me. And maybe that's just because I'm an OKC fan, you know, maybe that's just because Kevin Durant left my team mm-hmm. and I'm never going to get over it. Um, and the fact that he left our team for the team that, you know, was down three, one to us. Um, yeah, I, I think that there is a, there is an element of that, but also when you have players like CJ McCollum, who is like NBA player in his prime tweeting about Kevin Durant during the finals, I think it's, it's different. Like it just is. And I know that we, I have to at least attempt to set my bias aside when I'm, when I'm thinking about it. Uh, I know I can't, like no one can truly do that. Um, but when I try and then I look around still, it's not just people in Oklahoma city, you know, it's really not. And so that's where I feel like it's, it's, it is, it's different. This dynasty is different. They had built a team that was already a championship contender. And then they added the second best player in the world to it. And it's nothing like that in NBA history has ever happened. That's why I tweeted the other day, like, please stop trying to make comparisons to, to the situation. Cause there's just not one, you know, it would have been like the magic when they lost to the bulls. If, you know, Shaquille O'Neal went and joined that team, you know, I mean, like that's the kind of comp we're talking about. I mean, seriously, like that's, <laughs> that would be the comp if Shaq did that. Um, there's just nothing like that that has ever happened. People want to talk about LeBron in Miami. People want to talk about the Boston Celtics joining together and saying, oh, God, it's the exact same thing. Oh, I, it's really not. It's really not. Right. Those Celtics teams were not good with Paul Pierce. They were considering trading away Paul Pierce before all of that happened. You know, the Miami Heat had just the year prior had the number two pick in the draft because their team wasn't any good and Dwayne Wade was hurt. You know, it's, it's just not, I don't know. It's not the same. Like it's, it's really not. There's nothing that is the same because that team won 73 games. They went to the NBA finals. The Cavs took them to seven games and they lost after blowing a three, one lead in the finals, which case they should have wrapped that up. And a lot of it had to do with Draymond Green's antics. And if they would have, if he would have just been, a sane person, they easily win that championship too. And so it's, uh, I don't, I don't think that it's unfair for OKC fans or really anybody to say that this feels different than other dynasties. But I agree that rings do matter at the end of the day. And I feel like people can't, especially on Twitter, it's either like, it's so black and white it's one way right. or the other, like either rings matter or they don't really matter. It's like, well, they matter a lot, but also there's a lot of good players that NBA history that have never won one. And it's not like those guys don't matter. Right. But if you're trying to argue the best of all time, you, you have to start with how many championships do they have? That's why like Michael Jordan is, is the guy 
because he won six and he went to the final six times and he won six rings. He won, you know, he had two three peats. And, you know, if if the Warriors did that, if they had two three peats, like you would say that they were easily the best team of all time and you would probably start discussing, you know, Durant or Curry or somebody, whoever was the best guy as, you know, like maybe they need to be in this conversation now. Um, yeah, and I think I think that's exactly it. It's that, and maybe it's because of the LeBron MJ comparisons that kind of the, that whole conversation that started this summer. Mm-hmm. When you are talking about the greatest of all time, we always talk about rings, yeah. and we're always going to be talking about rings. I mean, if you started listing the greatest NBA players of all time, like let me know when you get to the player who doesn't have a ring. Right. I, I don't. It, it'd be a while. And so now we're thinking about Kevin Durant because if you think about him going forward. I mean, if he wins another two or three rings, like he's going to be talked about in the top 10, maybe the top five, because he's going to have his his resume is going to be insane at that point. Mm-hmm. And we who have lived through it are going to have all the context with it. But sometimes I think about how this team will be remembered because I think about Bill Simmons, the book of basketball and how much that shaped what I thought of older players. You know, like that right. book made me feel very differently about Bill Russell than I would have ever felt on my own if I hadn't read that book. And so like he like implanted <laughs> that, that virus, that Bill Russell virus in my head. So now when I think about the top 10 players, I'm always going to include Bill Russell and it's probably because of that book alone. And so if there's another Bill Simmons in the future or someone like that, um, or even someone like, you know, like Zach Lowe writing a history, like I, I think he's going to be very favorable to the Warriors and very favorable to Kevin Durant you know, in 20 or 25 years. And I just wonder if this will, if, if, if the current fan sentiment will still exist, will still live on. I know it will live on with me and you, but I don't know like how, how the casual fan will view this team in a couple decades. Well, you just convinced me to have Royce Young write a book about Kevin, oh, Kevin Durant's decision. Perfect. So yes, we need to start infiltrating. Yeah. Royce, come on, man. You, you've you've got to let this <laughs> These these feelings live on forever. <laughs> oh man, yeah, you know what else should live on forever, Alex? Uh, I could guess. It's probably like the three things. <laughs> it's the press. The press, because <laughs> their food is so good. You got to go to the press. It's in uh, downtown Oklahoma City. It's in the Plaza District near downtown OKC, uh, and their food is unbelievable. They have just like some classics. They have a burger that's really good. It's on a Hawaiian bun. It's a beef patty. Um, it's so good. It has bacon bits, provolone, cheddar, lettuce, tomato, avocado, and jalapeno. And it comes with waffle fries. Uh, you can get their chicken strips as well. Uh, so good. If you're looking for a salad, uh, they have a press cob that is just amazing has romaine, jack cheese, cheddar cheese, avocado, cherry tomato, toasted corn, chicken strips, deviled eggs, and ranch. Whew. It's very good. You can also check out their brunch on Saturdays. Uh, it's just a cool place to go if you have a big group of people. Uh, it's a great restaurant for that because it's a huge space. Um, it's a good date night place. So please check out the press. Support the people that support Down to Dunk and eat at the press. All right, Alex. So we were discussing some ideas for today's show, and I think you came up with a really good one. So what we're going to do is NBA draft superlatives. And so uh, we have a lot. I think we have 13 
uh, or I guess 14, most likely to be blank. And so we're going to start going through these. We're going to stick with kind of the the top 10, top 13-ish players in the draft. Um, guys that, if you're an NBA fan, you know most of these guys, and so we're just going to stick with them. So uh, let's start with the first one. It's most likely to be an all-star first. Alex, what do you have? So with this one, I thought that it probably needs to be a guy who's going to go to the Eastern Conference because if you look at the West for the foreseeable future, there's so many locks in the West that you would have to be so good in your first couple of years to even have a chance at an all-star spot. Um, Meanwhile, if you're in the East, I think it's reasonable to expect that one of these guys over the next couple of years is good enough where he would be considered for an all-star spot. So whichever of... Doncic or Trey Young ends up in the East. That would be my selection. Um, I think Doncic is pretty obvious um, just because he's already so advanced compared to some of these other guys. He already is at that skill level. Um, And then with Trey, I think there's a scenario where Trey could put up big numbers on a bad team um, where he could just light it up from the outside. He'd be getting a ton of assists. He would have the type of statistical resume that you couldn't ignore. Um, so I think either of those guys would be my choice for most likely to be an all-star. This is probably a cop-out, but I'm still going to go with DeAndre Aiden. I know that he's prob- still probably going to go number one to Phoenix. I just think he's going to put up crazy numbers. And I feel like with these big guys, I think we're always ready and willing to anoint the next big guy as the, are that they're better than whoever. Like people are pretty down on Carl Anthony Towns right now because of the season he had. I can just see people just saying like, ah, you know, is John Drayton better than Towns? Yeah, he probably is. And even though he may not be, you know, everybody was ready to say Towns is better than Anthony Davis. Uh, And I think that we learned last season that that was not the case at all. Like not even close. Um, And you can be on a losing team and people still try to make those arguments. And so, I think that his rebounding numbers are going to be crazy. I think that's something that people don't talk a lot about is what a great rebounder he is. And I think he's going to put up points uh, and he's going to do it in a lot of ways. I think that he can be a, a rim running guy. He can, he'll take a lot of jumpers. He took a ton of jumpers at Arizona. Um, and he's also going to rebound and he's going to get a lot of offensive rebounds. So I think he's still going to put up crazy numbers and, um, will be considered for an all-star first. But yeah, I think the Trey Young is good. I think if, you know, Michael Porter goes to, you know, Chicago or Cleveland or some team like that, especially if Cleveland, if LeBron leaves and Michael Porter's there, like who else is going to score on that team? Like, yeah, he's like, he could be another candidate for this, depending on where he lands, but not knowing where these guys are going to go like I still have to go with the talent that I feel like could put up the biggest eye popping numbers. Cause those are, that's how you make the all-star team. So next most likely to bust. Yeah. Who do you got? Uh, I mean, I feel like I went with the easy choice, which is Michael Porter jr. Oh, okay. Uh, both because of the injury and because I was watching all the, I watched all the draft express videos last night. Yeah. Um, Porter just scares me. I mean, he what's on the, I haven't he, watched his, I've watched it. I've watched video of him, but I haven't watched 
that video. What what were they showing? Were they showing high school or were they showing Missouri? Uh, they were showing like a lot of those like Nike and Adidas camps, whatever okay. they are called. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's he's not like a great, he's not a good passer at all. Although I will say that after watching all these videos, none of these big men are good passers. Yeah. Like at some point they'll say this guy had 14 assists all year, right? 30 turnovers, all except Wendell Carter. He seems to be the only big man who's pretty good at passing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, Michael Porter, not a great passer. He's not, he didn't look like exceptionally strong driving to the rim. Um, Obviously he's, he's known for his shooting and his scoring, but that shooting and scoring is within the context of like really difficult turnarounds um, and like with guys draped all over him. And I don't know, I'm just, I'm a little worried about Michael Porter, but that's also because we barely saw him and we've barely seen any of him. And so he's an easy pick just because of the back injury. Yeah. I didn't, honestly, I didn't even consider him. Like, I think that he's, really? I, I think he's going to be a wing score guy at the next level. Like, I don't see him, I don't see him busting. Like the, my, I have two guys and I couldn't really decide which one, so I'm just going to say both. Uh, Mo Bamba is mm-hmm. is one. Uh, everybody's falling in love with what this guy could be, uh, but he his floor is out of the NBA. Like it really is. He, if you watched him at Texas, it did. It was not difficult for all the big white guys of the big 12 to score on this dude. <laughs> like he, he needs to develop some strength. Uh, sure. He blocked a lot of shots. He's got the crazy wingspan. He's skilled. He could shoot at some, uh, but he's going to have to be elite at some of those things. And I just don't, I don't know. Shot blocking is great, but we all know that shot blocking doesn't always translate to a great defense. And so, is he going to be able to be an elite defender? Like he could be, he most certainly could be. I'm not saying he couldn't, but I have my questions about Mobamba. And then I have Mar- Marvin Bagley as another bus candidate. Uh, just because I'm not sure what position he plays at the next level. And specifically on the defensive end, because like you would take a look at him. You're like, yeah, you'd probably prefer him to be a center. Um, but he's probably quick enough. He's got good enough feet to play the power forward position. But as far as like being a defender, like it scares me quite a bit because he doesn't have crazy long arms. Um, you know, it's just hard to find like a great comparison for him that like really worked out in the NBA. Uh, it's kind of those like tweener center power forwards. Like it's good to be a tweener that's between the three and the four now. Um, but I don't think it's the greatest thing to be a tweener between the four and the five because it kind of leaves you a little bit positionless. And I know it's a positionless basketball world now, but I still am a little bit afraid of Marvin Bagley and what he can be. I mean, he has to be a crazy elite score for him to work out. And he could be that certainly. Um, But he also, to me, those two have pretty low floors. Yeah, and the scary thing with Bagley is that he's currently getting mocked to the Kings. Oh, and yeah. That, that's like the worst pairing that I've seen so far. Yeah, easily. I do not want Bagley to go to the Kings. I would feel very bad for him. 
Yeah, it would not be. A There's good other situation. guys that I think would be fine on the Kings, but I, I just feel like Bagley is such a Kings pick. <laughs> he really is. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's, I don't know, like just take Doncic or even Jaron Jackson Jr. I think would be fine there. Um, but Bagley is the kind of guy that they're going to try to, I mean, we'll find out if Bagley is the guy because I think that they will treat him as if he is and we'll find out pretty quick if he is the guy and if he's not, it, it could be really, really bad. Uh, okay. Our third superlative is most likely to win a scoring title. Who do you got? So, so I went with Marvin Bagley. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, he was obviously a, a great scorer in college, but I was actually thinking like one benefit of him going to the Kings is like you said, he is going to be asked to be the number one option pretty much from day one, because you know, it's not going to be De'Aaron Fox. He's not going to be their primary scorer. Um, and so, so he's going to have a lot more opportunity to fully develop his, his offensive game. Um, and so I, I think he would be my pick. There, there's, you know, looking over all these guys, there weren't a ton of names that jumped out as like prolific scores. I think the other one I was thinking of was Michael Porter. Um, who did you take? Trey. Trey. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, why, why do you say? Yeah. No, I guess you're right. I, I mean, mean <laughs> Trey, Trey, I mean, if Trey Young, his, if he can be everything that you would hope and dream of in the NBA, like he's a lead ball handler, he can pull up from anywhere. Uh, he's, he needs to learn how to finish better. Um, but the dude can just flat out score. And so really of any of these guys, there's not a lot of great scoring guys in the top 10, really. Right. There's not. Like there's a lot of bigs. It's I think it's really hard to win a scoring title as a big man um, in this NBA. It's really tough. You know, Luca is not. He's too unselfish to win a scoring title. Like maybe Michael Porter, maybe Miles Bridges. If he goes to a situation where he's a go-to guy, I'm still. I don't believe that he is that kind of guy, but he could potentially blossom into that type of player. So I really think that it's really between Porter, Trey Young. And, and, I mean, it could be Marvin Bagley. I think that you're right that a situation could dictate that. But, man, to win a scoring title is truly a difficult thing to do. And it takes just an elite-level offensive player. And Trey showed that he has that ability at OU. And if he can go to the right situation then I think that he could do it. And what what stinks for a lot of these guys, the situation is going to be 100% that. Um, it's going to dictate what their careers are. And so, you know, the, you have the Sacramento situation. Phoenix is not the best situation in the world, although it's it's getting better. You know, Memphis could be a good situation for some of these guys. Dallas, I feel like, is great. Orlando is horrible. Uh, Chicago, <laughs> I don't know. Cleveland could be horrible. Um you know, it's going to be really interesting to see where these guys land because not a lot of these guys are like truly transcendent talents. And it takes that to drag a team like Sacramento out of where they are or Orlando or Chicago or where Cleveland could potentially be without LeBron. I mean, it takes a truly special player. And I feel like there's really only a couple guys and 
I feel like Trey is another guy that could potentially be that. Like he really mm-hmm. could. Um, but that's on the high end of, of his outcomes. Uh, okay. Most likely to win a dunk contest. I feel like this was the easiest one. Okay. Who did uh, you choose? Did you go with Zaire Smith. Oh yeah. I, yeah. He's, he's a free. He did a 360 alley-oop in a March Madness game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> his head is like routinely at the rim on dunks and he's the type of guy like right now I'm on NBA draft.net for another reason. Uh, but <laughs> he's getting mocked to the Clippers and like, yeah, you could, you could definitely see him in his rookie season because he's in LA get the opportunity to be in the dunk contest. Yeah. That's easily the guy. And I've, I love Zaire Smith. I don't know if he'll end up being any good at the next level, but he, he plays with supreme effort and I just love it. He's awesome. Uh, okay. Most likely to blow up in a, in summer league and make everyone freak out. Who's your, who's your guy? So this would be like, um, Dennis Smith jr. Last year. Yeah. Who just like went crazy in summer league. Everyone was like, how could, how did all these teams pass on Dennis Smith? <laughs> and then like within a couple months switched over to Donovan Mitchell. Um, so I went with Trey. Because mm-hmm. it's like the perfect setup for him. No one really cares about defense. Like we're all just looking for highlight plays, anyways. He's going to have the ball in his hand a ton. He's going to shoot some step threes. He's going to have some crazy assists. Like I feel like it's the perfect setup for him um, to just run rough shot. I mm-hmm. think he'll be crazy in the summer. Yeah, I have him on here too. I also have Michael Porter as a as a backup. But I think Trey, like, he's just doing the same thing that he's done his whole life, you know, playing in summer league. A lot of these guys to blow up in summer league, you know, it would take what, what Trey has in his favor is that you have all these guys like, uh, Mikel Bridges, who is kind of more of a role player. Then you have all these big guys who it's, I mean, they could put up some big numbers, you know, Aiton could have put up big, really big numbers. So could Bagley, um, but to like truly be like electrifying in the summer league, I think you have to have the ball in your hands. And I think there's just not that many options, you know, besides Trey, man, Porter will definitely be gunning though. (laughs) Yeah. 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 He will. And I think that he could, he's going to gun so much. He's going to, he's going to have an opportunity to really show out. And he hadn't, he hadn't been able to really play in a long time. You know, he played some with Missouri, but it was not pretty. Uh, and so I think that he has a lot to prove and I think that wherever he gets chosen, he's going to have a chip on his shoulder because he probably, if he stayed healthy, like he could be going top three in this draft, you know? Yeah. He could be going to the Kings instead of Bagley. Uh, man, I really hope the Kings don't take Marvin Bagley. <laughs> uh, okay. Most likely disappoint at summer league and make everyone freak out. So I went with Bamba. Um, you know, he's, he's been working on his new jump shot. I have a feeling that he could get really confident in it, you know, want to show it off and just end up taking way too many threes in summer league. <laughs> and yeah. if he does, if he doesn't make them, it's going to look really bad. Seeing oh, the yeah. seven, two guy, just brick a bunch of threes. And then he's going to be going up against bigger, older players, you know, guys who have been in the summer league for a few years. And I could see him getting beat down low, kind of like you were talking about those, all the white centers in the big 12. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I could see that happening in the summer league and I, I'm still high on Bamba, but I, he's just so raw in some aspects of his game um, that he could disappoint in summer league. 
Yeah, I could totally see that. I have Jaron Jackson Jr. as my guy that could disappoint. People, and including myself, are so high on him. Like they think the world of this guy, and he is super young. Uh, compared to Bamba, he's a, he's way younger. Like I, I don't think pe- many people know that Bamba's twenty. You know, right? And people are like, oh, he's such like he's he's not crazy young. Bamba isn't, but Jaron Jackson is. He's one of the youngest players in the draft. And he's probably going to be the youngest guy taken in the first round. Um, you know, like you're getting some like Lamarcus Aldridge comparisons thrown out there about him. I think it's just going to take a little bit of time for him, but the way that he moves, the way that he can be a two way guy, uh, I think he's going to be incredible, but I think that summer league may not be the best setting for him. Uh, at least initially, uh, I think down the road, I think that he could be a top two or three guy in this draft, but I think it's going to take, take a little bit of time for him. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's let's uh, let's go on to most likely team to move up in the draft. Okay. Yeah, I um, I'm going to go with Dallas. I feel like this is a really important draft for Dallas, and if they could, maybe they don't have to reach for Luca, but I think if Luca falls to Memphis or something like that, that they may try to move up to get him, and I feel like. To me, it's the best landing spot for him. Um, but I, th- I think that that they know how important this draft is for them in particular. And I think that they should attempt to move up to get him. So I, I had a similar reasoning, but I went with Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, because Chicago has that seventh pick. So it's still that pick still holds a lot of value because you're still getting one of Aiton Bagley, Trey, Jaron Jackson, Doncic, Bamba, or Porter. So you're still within those top seven. Um, and I think it would make a lot of sense for them to move up if they think one of those top guys is their guy. Yeah. And also because they have a guy in Markinen, where if you have the opportunity to pair him with someone, like right off the bat, whether that's Jaron Jackson, who I think would be a great pairing with him, mm-hmm. um, or I, I obviously I still like Luca there too. Um, I, I think they have to consider it and for another reason that I'll bring up later. So, yeah. uh, let's do most likely team to move down in the draft. Oh man. I, I don't know. I, I found this one a little bit difficult. I hope the Kings do like if they seriously consider Marvin Bagley Kings as well, because I like, if that's their guy, don't take him at two. Don't take him at two. Get something, you know, trade with Memphis. Let Memphis trade up to get Luca or trade with Dallas. Like I mentioned, it could be, we could have the same answer here in one trade, you know, right. Dallas trades up to two. I'm not sure what they would give to, to get there, but with Roddy the, Boubois. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're finally ready to trade Roddy Boubois. <laughs> um, and Sacramento, I mean, literally anything is possible with that team. I mean, they, I don't know. I, I wish that they, they did another uh, little mini documentary about their draft process. <laughs> I was just about to say that. <laughs> Man. Yeah, I wish they, you have listeners, you have got to go watch that Grantland 
King's draft documentary. You've got to go watch it. It is like in hindsight, it is fascinating to see how they made their decision. And it just is mind boggling the way that they did it. Like they brought in these like college students to study the drafts. Like what? Like at the, at the time you're like, Oh, that's kind of cool. So like study analytics, like looking back, it's like, what, what are you doing? Like you're, <laughs> you don't, you're not going to rely on your basketball staff. You're going to bring in these kids. You're going to let Grantland right. bring cameras into the room and now there's all this video footage of stauskas 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 and (laughs) i mean it's just um, i mean it is amazing to watch and how wrong they were (laughs) about everything and and i'm not like trying to dog on them because the draft is so hard like we're talking about these guys like we know what they're going to be like most of the guys a lot of these guys that we're talking about are not going to be good like a lot of them are not going to be great NBA players. And so we're going to be very wrong about a lot of things in the, in the draft process. And I know that NBA, it's impossible to be right every time, but just to let Grantland in to do that, I it just, it's, it's mind boggling and you have to go watch it. And it makes me, if I was Adam Silver, one of my first things I would do would be to force the league to do a hard knocks version for the NBA. <laughs> and I would force the Kings to be the first team to have to do it. Cause you know, that you know that Vivek would want to do it. Oh yeah. You'd see it as great publicity. And then I'd get to watch like t- six hours of this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it'd be so amazing. Um, okay. So our next superlative is most likely NBA player to be traded for a lottery pick. So which current NBA player could be traded for a lottery pick uh as i'm saying this i don't even know if he can be traded now i think about it uh can zach levine be traded he's going into restricted free agency i don't think he can be oh well never mind (laughs) but (laughs) well he was my pick the idea being that he's asking for a max contract yeah or something close to a max contract he was injured for most of the season came back didn't look great and now Chicago has to guarantee him all this money. It just seems like a very bad recipe. And if they could somehow use him to get a player like Luka Doncic, I would do it. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure there's still teams that are very excited about Zach Levine. I mean, I'm not totally out on Zach Levine, um, but I'm terrified of what contract he might get. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm less terrified as the Bulls. Cause like, whatever, like are they going to be good in the next four years anyways? Like, I don't know, maybe not. And I don't know. Zach Levine's fun at least. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, my, I have a couple of guys, uh, Kemba Walker is a guy that's discussed all the time. The Hornets just hired a new coach. We don't know, really know what their direction is going to be. And if they can trade him, and you know get the eighth pick from cleveland and you're gonna like restart with like michael porter and um you know gilgis alexander or colin sexton or miles bridges and you want to just get a shot at two of those guys i think that that would make sense and then you can get more back as well uh i also have mark gasol on there because i just wonder what memphis wants to do moving forward and you know, maybe if you're the 
Clippers and you don't want to pay DeAndre if he opts out, I don't know if like they still want to be good and try to be a good team. Like they could trade one or two of their of those picks and get Marcus Saul probably. And then Memphis has a chance to start over with the fourth pick and then another lottery pick or maybe even both of them. So um I think that there's some possibilities out there for these teams. Certainly. And with Marcus Saul, like you just you could just hang on to him and just kind of ride it out, but I just wonder how much longer he'll actually have value. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm worried about Memphis. I, I, I hope they keep their pick. They seem to want to jump right back into it. Like I saw I read some quote yesterday from one of their execs about how they, you know, as long as uh, Conley and Gasol are healthy, you know, there's no reason we can't win 50 games. Oh, boy. And I just, yeah, that, that scared me. The rest of the roster I feel like their is roster, so bad. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah, it's so thin. If they had Luca, drafted if, terribly. If they had Luca though, and they kept Conley and Gasol and they were all healthy, like that could be a team. Yeah, for sure. Because Luca can play now. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, our ninth superlative most likely to get roasted on Twitter for their defense next season. I uh, have Luka Doncic. Oh, okay. I had Trey. I felt like Trey is an obvious one, even though I did watch some video of Trey actually trying on defense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do, do think there's a shot, but he's good. Like, can you imagine Trey Young going up against Westbrook? <laughs> I, I I can't. I can't. <laughs> no. No, I that, already feel bad for Trey. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's not a good situation <laughs> for him. Um, yeah, I think Luca's going to struggle at at this level with a lot of the guys. If he's going to have to guard wings, um, there's a lot of a lot of wings that'll light him up um, at the next level. I think ultimately he'll be a good team defender, but I think next season, you know, I think I think that there's there's definitely a lot of people that love love Luca and ride with Luca. But I also feel like there's also a backlash to that. And I could see people just trying to find the flaws within his game and try to make sure everybody sees them. Um, So, yeah. Okay. 10 most likely to have a bad rookie season, but a great career. Uh, So similar to one of your earlier ones, was oh most like a disappointing summer league. Uh, I went with Jaron Jackson mm-hmm. for all the same reasons. He's one of the youngest players in the draft. He might not have great counting stats. The rookie, he only attempted six and a half shots per game at Michigan State. Yep. So it's he's just not going to put up a lot of stats. And the, the other thing is that he was really foul prone at Michigan State. Mm-hmm. So I, I could see him only getting you know like fifteen to twenty minutes a game as a rookie, even on like a bad team. Um, but I, I'm still very high on him going forward. Yeah, that was that's who I had too. I also considered Bamba because I, even though like I said, Bamba's not crazy young like he is. Um, you know, I still think that Bamba is going to take some time to develop. He's going to need a couple seasons to, and if he's going to be good, like he he could he could be awesome. He could be a top three or four player in this draft at the end of the day. But he could take some he's going to need some time to get stronger uh certainly yeah uh okay most likely to have a great rookie season but a mediocre career i feel like this one was kind of easy 
Bagley. Yeah. 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 Especially, I mean, he could definitely do the Tyreek Evans thing on the Kings Mm -hmm. where I could totally see him winning rookie of the year next year, uh, just because he's going to have, he would have a ton of opportunity on that team. Mm-hmm. Um, he would he would go there as the primary scoring option. Yeah, there's, you know, he he's going to be have more shots than Buddy Healed, and he could easily do that. Yeah, but I, I'm not. I, I don't know how to feel about him long term. Yeah, most likely to play on the Thunder at some point in his career. I, I did. I did not know. I wrote this question, and I have no idea how to answer it. <laughs> well, I think that our last answer gave a vision into the next answer because Presty loves to go get guys that had like pedigree and that had you know done something you know as young men. And I think right. Marvin Bagley is the gonna is that guy. He like, he also goes after guys that get traded on their rookie scale deals. And so like if any, like if you look at all these guys, it's really unlikely that players get traded on the rookie scale deals. Um, but like you had Ennis Cantor and Dion waiters and, and guys like that. And it's, be, they got traded because it's like, ah, like we kind of live without this guy, you know? And when you look through all these players, like you look at Deandre Ayton, probably not getting traded on his rookie scale deal, you know, Trey young, if he blows up and is, is, he reaches his potential. There's no way he gets traded on this deal. Same with Jaron Jackson, Luca, Bamba, Mikhail Bridges, all these guys like, Oh, they're going to hold too much value. But like you look at Marvin Bagley and it's like, you know what? I don't know if he's going to be a, even a starter. And so if the Kings question, if he's that, then maybe he could be a guy that's traded for a first round pick and he winds up with OKC. Like I could just, he's, he's kind of the guy that I look at. And it's like, ah, oh, he's going to underachieve and not be the guy that everybody thought he was going to be. And the thunder for whatever reason have targeted those guys in the past. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, that makes sense. Uh, last one, most likely to be on Shaq than a fool next year. Uh, for the same reasons I said earlier, probably Trey young. Yeah. I have Doncic. Just because I feel may and it may not be his own doing, but I feel like he is going to whip some pass at a guy who's not going to be looking for, it and it's going to just smack him right in the nose. <laughs> that could easily be on yeah, Shaq. Yeah, could do fool. that as well. Yeah, that's true. Dodgers' vision is just so crazy. Um, so I I don't know. I'm excited about him. I hope that he, I hope that he goes high in the draft. I think that he's a guy to me that could go play point guard for the Kings and it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Um, I feel like they could actually develop a team. So I, I am, I will, I'm betting right now that he will go second. I don't know if it's to the Kings or who, but there has to be, you can't have all these crazy Lucas stands online and none of them in any front offices. Like there has to be some front, a couple of front offices that are just obsessed with Luca. Mm-hmm. And if you see these teams that are like kind of not interested in them, like you have to move up and get them. Yeah. I just, I think someone's going to move up for him. Yeah. I think, I, I think that that would make the most sense to me because yeah. I mean, the only guy that I would be like, you know, I kind of get it is Jaron Jackson. And we've already talked about kind of, it's a little bit scary to take him number two, but if that's your guy, like I get it. Like he's going to, he projects as a two way 
big that can switch and shoot it and do all these things. And like, I completely understand that. Um, but for Marvin Bagley, I don't get it. Even for like Trey young might be another guy that I would be like, yeah, if you think that Trey young could be Steph Curry, then you have to take him, you know? Yeah. Um, but like, I don't get it for, for Jared, for, um, Marvin Bagley. I don't get it for Bamba, really any of those other guys, Michael Porter. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't get it for those guys, but, um, for it's weird. It's a weird thing. And that's just the most Kings thing in the world for them to love Marvin Bagley (laughs) to me. (laughs) Like, it's just, it's, I don't know. It's so weird. Um, okay. Do we have time for this week in Thunder history? We probably don't. Um, it's up to you. Is it a long one? Oh no, I, I actually don't have this week. I have the the game. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, for next week. Oh, let's do the game. Let's do the game real quick, and then uh, we'll okay. be done. Yeah. So, we're, uh, if you've tuned in in the last couple of months, you probably remember this game. It's NBA Draft Comps. Uh, NBA Draft of course, the ugly stepsister to Draft Express over the years. Uh, I love NBA Draft though because they always do comps, and comps are always hilarious. So previously. On NBA Draft.net comps, I made Andrew guess the uh, current Thunder player that I was describing with the comp. So now we're going to do past Thunder players. So you're really going to have to rack your brain, Andrew. Okay. okay. Uh, but just try to think of like the big names that used to play for this team, and then also the failed draft picks. Okay. And I feel like you'll be able to figure out most of these. Okay. So we'll start with some easy ones. We'll ramp up. So who might be described as a cross between Manu Ginobili and Brandon Roy? Oh, my goodness. Um, James Harden? Correct. Okay. You're on the board. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Number two. Another easy one. Who's a cross between Dirk and T-Mac? Oh, KD. Correct. Two points for Andrew. (laughs) All right. From now, uh, actually, there's, there's a few more easy ones. Uh, how about Dikimbe Mutombo? Ibaka? No, that, that is a good guess. It, that was Hashim Thabit. Oh. <laughs> oh, we're going... Okay, so we're going any Thunder player. Okay. Yes, that is correct. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> uh, okay, I, if you get this one, I will be very impressed. Lamar Odom. Uh, Jeff Green? Oh, that is correct. Is <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was one of my favorite ones. Oh, man. Man, Lamar Odom um, was so good. People forget how good that dude was. He would have been so good in this, in a modern NBA. Oh, as well. he'd be so good. He'd be, I mean, he's like, <laughs> he's like uh, Giannis with uh, some weed problems. You know, he's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I love Lamar. And he's so sweaty. He is so sweaty. Uh, Next, Sean Kemp. Sean Kemp. Um, Yeah, you remember when Sean Kemp played for the Thunder? Who was was that? Was he drafted by the Thunder? Was this guy drafted by the Thunder? He was. He was. Oh, my goodness. Is that Serge Ibaka? That is Serge Ibaka. (laughs) You're doing great. Four out of five. (laughs) Okay, there's some easy ones coming up. All right, next, Joel Prisbilla. Oh my gosh, that's got to be Cole Aldrich. 
That is definitely called Aldrich. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, you're doing great, Andrew. Five out of six. This is. I did not give Andrew the word bank here. He does. He's just pulling these names out of thin air. <laughs> Maybe that's that's how good their comps are. You know, that's a good. Okay, or this the, one, or, or how much I've been on NBADraft.net. <laughs> this one, I don't know. Okay, Al Horford. Al Horford was he drafted by the Thunder? He was not. Is that Cantor? You know, wait, wait, the guy wait. who you, plays like Al Horford. Wait, you just you just cut out. Oh, you're you're correct. Okay, it was Ennis Cantor, <laughs> <laughs> the guy who definitely plays like Al Horford. Right, that is so weird. He's like the most anti Al Horford guy ever. Great rebounder, yeah. non defender, non passer. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't shoot it from deep. He does everything that Horford doesn't. <laughs> and they does play basketball though. They do. They're both big and play ball. That's it. Okay. How about this one? Ben Gordon. Ben Gordon. Ben drafted Gordon. by the Thunder? No. No. Hmm. Ben Gordon. Oh boy. Not, now we get into the tough ones. Not drafted by the Thunder. I don't know. Dion Waiters. Oh boy. Man, another great Dion. one. <laughs> <laughs> uh Ben Gordon was really good at shooting threes. He I was correctly. Yeah. And then yeah. he dropped off a cliff. He did. Um okay, this is I like this one. Because uh, I used him as a as a mentor last week, Reggie Miller. Is that is that for real, Terrence Ferguson? No, these are former Thunder players. Remember, Andrew? Oh, former. Okay, okay, okay. Former, former. Okay, my bad, my bad. Um, so think back in what player played most like Reggie Miller when he was on the Thunder? Oh, Kevin Martin. Uh, no, that's a very good guess. Actually, it was Jeremy Lamb. Of oh course. no! <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Um, I think you might get this one. It's it's kind of out there, but uh, Tim Thomas. Tim Thomas, former yeah, Thunder Tim player. Draft, was he drafted by OKC? He was drafted by OKC in the first round. Tim Thomas, Mitch McGarry. No, that was Perry Jones the third. Oh, oh, woof! Yeah, but they're both—I don't know—they're they're tall, skinny. I don't know. <laughs> Tim Thomas had the, had some thickness, though. He did. He was a little bit thicker. He got some wide hips. Uh, I'm interested to know if you get this one. Tony Allen, former Thunder player. I don't think he'll get this one. Hmm. Former Thunder player, Tony Allen. Tabo. Uh, no, that was a very good guess, though. It was Victor Oladipo. Oh, good one. Good one, NBADraft.net. Now, this one's a guarantee. You have to get this one. Okay. Bill Lambeer. Bill Lambeer? Just just think about how he looks. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Collison? No, that's Mitch McGarry. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. Classic Mitch McGarry comp. <laughs> Uh, now this next one, he's a mix. We have two more mm-hmm. mix between George Hill 
and Devin Harris. Now, I will say that Devin Harris was also used as a comp for Samaj Christian, mm. but I did not include him. <laughs> so this is a this is a combo. He's he's a little George Hill. He's a little Devin Harris. Reggie not on the anymore. That is Cameron Payne. Oh, that is an awful cop for Cam. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. They just like as a point guard. Who are some other point guards that right. played? Yeah, I didn't include the Reggie one because I did not know who the player was. The oh, really? That's, that's when I don't include them. Like, that's why I didn't include Tavo either. Um, okay, last one. Last one. I think you can get this one. Mix between Luis Scola and Mark Gasol. Luis Scola and Mark Gasol. Just, just um, take those two players and them. Sabonis? That is correct. Damos? Yeah. So you did pretty well. I feel like you got half. You got Ugh. 7 to 14. Yeah, that, that's okay. I'm okay with that. Stretch at the end. That was a tough one. Yeah, it was. It was brutal. Um, man, NBADraft.net is the most awesome and terrible NBA draft site on the internet. Um, Alex, thanks for coming on the show today. You've got to follow Alex on Twitter at AlBabyCakes. You can follow me at Andrew K. Schlecht. Follow our show at Down to Dunk. We appreciate you guys listening. If you listen to all of our shows, please just take the time to leave us a five-star iTunes review. It would mean a lot to us if you do that. Please be on the lookout for our NBA draft competition. It will be on a website that has not been disclosed yet to you guys. But whenever it's ready, we will reveal that to you on Twitter and then announce it on the podcast Friday as well. A huge shout out to friend of the show, Micah Alcorn, for all of his work on that project. It's taken a ton of his time, and I just hope that Micah knows how much that we appreciate him and how much better this will make our draft party. So be sure to be on the lookout for that. You'll fill that out, and that will enter you in to win great prizes from our awesome sponsors. Thanks for listening to our show, and we'll talk to you guys again on Friday. (laughs) 